Um, it's like eating a pomegranate. The fruit's not all right there. You've got to dig a little. Yeah, and you've got to smack it on the smack it on the ass. Yeah. This is the Epic New Podcast. Two idiots and a list. Where you're going to get two idiots and a list. And now, coming to you live from Circle Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Vasolo and Kirik McMillan. Hey, we're back again with another episode. I'm here as always with Nick Vasolo. <laughs> Pregnant pause intended. <laughs> You're not pregnant, are you? <laughs> These are secrets we must keep. Just don't tell my secretary. <laughs> We'd like to welcome Mauritania in northern Africa and Moldova, nestled between Romania and Ukraine. Also, welcome to Peru, Zimbabwe, and Qatar. Oh, maybe some World Cup plays. Could be. You think Messi, Lionel, was listening to I us? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Strong congratulations to Argentina on that World Cup victory. That was probably the most exciting soccer match I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome, man. Look, they, the France looked like they were dead in the water, and then boom. Yeah. And yeah. boom again. And boom again. Yeah, it was fun. We have some listeners in Argentina. They fall in at number 20 on our list of 60 or so countries that, Is that act- right? actively follow us. Oh. So congratulations to you all. <laughs> All right, so this band that we're about to talk about here, we've received a number of requests on. More than any other band, I think. Yeah, probably. I want to say the first one, though, came from Boston's own Mikey Nas. And I believe Mike is the first person to follow us on Facebook who we didn't know already. That's, uh, we're sending out a plaque, right? Having a plaque being made. (laughs) He is truly an organic idiot. The band this week is Radiohead. You know, some of the bands that we've done so far, my list has been completely exhaustive. Like, I couldn't come up with a sixth song necessarily right. to put in the top list. Okay. That was not the case with this band. I could have gone 10 deep on this easily. I have such a strange history with this band. I don't know how this is going to go for me because I think I'm in the same place that you were when we did Madonna. Like, definitely aware of them, but like, not necessarily. Well, not steeped in it, and you're just like intimidated by it. Yeah, they're an intimidating band because of like the, the vastness of their music, and also like how they chose to record. Right. So let me let me explain a little bit of that. I, I'm definitely aware of Creep when it came out, and when it came out, I didn't like it. I didn't like the song. Okay. And and I'm not alone. They don't like it either. Right. Well, there's there's a some story behind that, but go ahead. But so I'm aware of Radiohead, and then. Like, The Benz comes out in 95, completely misses me. Totally misses me. I, I mean, I don't even know that there's an album that, that Radiohead put out called The Benz. And then OK Computer comes out, but I don't even listen to it. I am not a Radiohead. I don't 
for, for whatever reason, it just never crossed my path and I just never went to look for it. And then during pandemic, I was like, it's 2020 and I'm like, you know what? I got some time on my hands. Fuck it, I've heard enough about Radiohead. Let me go through their catalog. And I started with Pablo Honey. Didn't really care for all that. And then I heard the bends and I was absolutely fucking blown away. I mean, absolutely just gobsmacked. Like how in God's name did I miss this? And why hasn't it been in my life for 25 years? Yeah. And then I continued on with like, okay, computer. I'm like, man, what? <laughs> I don't know what happened in those late, like the late, it's gotta be the late, late nineties. Like, cause I, I it just didn't even enter into my, my headspace. At all. I was, it was crazy. I was late to the party on these guys too. I wasn't quite as late as you were. But I, I also remember Creep when it came out. I liked the song. I liked the way it sounded. It had that sort of early 90s angst to it that, mm-hmm. that I dug. And then the rest of their albums just sort of fell off my radar. I just, for whatever reason, just never picked right. them up. In the mid-2000s, I started to get really tired of what I was listening to. Right. I was tired of the 70s stoner rock I was tired of grunge. I, w- I didn't want to go back to the 80s stuff that I had listened to in the 80s. And I didn't really... You had your Creed run for a while. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no. Oh, audience, he is kidding. And it was shit like that that drove me That's away right. from like modern music. And I, just, I was struggling for something to listen to. And I was spending more and more time with... My two brothers-in-law had gotten married in in the early 2000s, and my two brothers-in-law were much more hip to music than I was. And they introduced me to bands like Interpol and Built to Spill and and some more of these indie sounds that I really, really took a hold of. Yeah. And my sister-in-law, who lives in Boston, was big into Radiohead. Hi, Sarah. I'm sure you're listening to this. She loved Radiohead, and she was sort of challenging me like do you know anything about Radiohead? And I'm like, I, I know Creep, and that's it. Yeah. And she threw on OK Computer, and I was stunned. The right. same way that the Benz took you, OK Computer took me. Yeah. And then I started to discover their other albums and was like, how the fuck did this skip me? Uh, uh, right? Because and, and at that time, like, so I came back around to them. Like, I heard them in the mainstream again when they, they decided to release their album, on the internet, pay, pay what you want. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, like, well, now that's a band that is completely, you know, they're on a different level. They just yeah. think on a different level and I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm not going to go and, you know, seek it out, but I like their thinking. Like, I like that kind of spirit. Like, right. you know, okay, we meet this shit. We're going to put it up there. It, it, listen to it. If you like it, pay us. If you don't, yeah, fuck it. Right. We don't care. It's a different mindset for artists, but like, it's almost like the true artist mindset. We don't do this for, for money. It's kind of reflective of everything that they've done, right? They're, they've just been off that beaten path doing their own thing. Yeah. Pablo Honey, you could probably argue that was their most mainstream album. Well, I mean, you know what? Uh, the Benz made f- did $4 million. OK Computer did $8 million. Mm-hmm. Kid A, you know, I think that it debuted at one. Yeah. You know? I mean, they've had a lot of success. It's just that. Oh, yeah. You and I, I guess, are in the kind of same kind of boat. It was like, well, I think you're a little bit earlier than I am because I, I just found them like 2020. Right. <laughs> so, hey, it's silver lining to the pandemic. Yeah. And, and, uh, to be quite honest with you, when I listened to it, like the first, like Kid A, when I first listened to that album, I was like, okay, proggy, experimental rock, not kind of into it. 
But then I went back to it and I kept going back to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so there's got to be something here. I can't just dismiss it out of hand. Like, I don't like what they're, there's something to them. And I, I, I urge anybody who has never listened to Radiohead or listened to them, you know, like faithfully, the world changed for me when I put my noise canceling headphones on. Yeah. Their sound quality is great. Holy shit. Yeah. It's like the first time I went snorkeling. Like you put your face under the water and so there's a fucking world down there, man. It's like, <laughs> right. it's unreal. And like, then you start to listen to like the sonic textures and stuff like that. And then you start talking like that, like sonic textures. That's like one of the few bands that we can talk like that. About, sure. You know, and it's really cool. And they have some really cool stuff going on in their shit. Yeah, I agree. It's not anything that it's not, of course, it's not pop music, right? It's not like you can listen to it and like, oh, let me hear that song again. And let me hear that song. I, I'm going to go back to it. It's like, but it's like, it's really dense shit. It's album rock yeah. for one thing. Like it's, it's one of those things. If you listen to vinyl, Radiohead's a great band to know and love because mm. you can flip the album on and just let it play. It's not necessarily dark side of the moon where they're all tied together, but right. it's that same thing of, of texture and depth. I think they bring so much to the table on that. I think one of my complaints about Radiohead is it's really hard to understand just what the hell he's saying. Yeah. There's a lot of songs that I actually didn't know the lyrics until I was doing the research this week that I've been a fan of for years. Yeah. But I've found I've either sort of mumbled along if I was singing along <laughs> to it or or humming what he's singing and then picking out the words that are clear. And- I'm starting to find out that's true for most songs that I <laughs> think I know and love. Like <laughs> right. when you watch Apple Music, like do all the lyrics for you. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> well, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> Change, changes the meaning of the song. Yeah. In 2010, Rolling Stone ranked these guys at number 73 on their list of 100 greatest artists. I mean, it seems like they should be higher up. I thought so, too. These guys are trailblazers. Yeah. These guys created their own sound. And I think that really is the benefit that they bring to the table is this, this is us, and we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah, I think that's like more than evident in like Kid A. They were riding very high after OK Computer and the Benz. Tom York got to a place where he's like, yeah, we could make another okay computer. Like we're, we're good enough, solid musicians and songwriters. We can do that. He's like, but I'm so sick and fucking tired of guitars and drums and I'm in a band. So what are we going to do? We're just going to create our new music. What? Right. (laughs) What? Yeah. You're, and so like, you know, all the, all the business people around there are like, oh, no, Tom, you want to rethink that. You know, maybe a greatest hits album, maybe, you know, like, you know, kind of keep the money train rolling. He's like, no, 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 I don't think you get it. Like, like I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to, let's see what other kind of music we can create. And mm-hmm. we created it. Yeah. It's like, it's never, it wasn't before. There's really been nothing after them. No. Like, that sounds like this. Like, I, it distressed me to see, like, all the bands that uh, Radiohead influenced and it was distressing to see that the top of the list was Coldplay. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I think that's unfair. No, that's, <laughs> that you've taken something with texture and depth and turned it into vanilla. Commercial. I know Coldplay. Like, I know Coldplay right. songs because right. they were just stuffed in your face. And Radiohead was never really interested in that. I mean, they, they go on tour a lot, but even still, like, it's not, it's not fucking Coldplay. I've got a band that I'll mention later that I think. I would argue took some influence from these guys and they're not a not they're not copying them they have their own sound but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. One note I saw said that the members of Radiohead chose their instruments based on the holes that needed to be filled in the band. Yeah. And because of that you don't have this sort of 
Eddie Van Halen mm-hmm. kind of leader in the band. Right. To me, that's great because you have this lack of egotism that kind of comes through, or egoism, egotism, whatever, that comes through in the music. And you, you that's not there. You also have an experimental sound where the guys are playing with different aspects of these instruments to try to extract different textures and different feelings. And they may not know the instrument as well as someone like, you know, a guitar hero would. And I think that the end result is this very unique yet congruent sound that it coalesces in a really nice way. Yeah. But if you, but suss out all of the instruments. These guys are fucking good. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. they're really good. Yeah, this isn't people, you know, playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. Yeah. This is No, no, no. They're 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 really good. I just uh listened to a uh, in a, a recent interview with uh Tom York and John Greenwood and they basically said he's like I've cleared my house out of all like traditional instruments and I just go around collecting instruments from around the world and I figure out how to play them. Yeah. That's artists, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yeah. And and you know whatever whatever project they're working on next is going to be experimental, but you know, the, I, I guess they've been at it a long time enough like Kid A and Amnesiac and like all the other albums that came after is like they've been at this enough it's like I wonder what like the scraps of the shit that they say, "Nah, that doesn't make it to the album, but this does." Like right. that's a process. Mm-hmm. Like because it's not just like verse chorus verse. No. We're we're putting together something wholly different here. Right. And I'll be honest with you, like some of the tracks were like, you know, there's some tough meaty parts there that you have to gnaw through to get to some savory parts. Mm-hmm. But the end of the whole of, of their entire workload is like, it's, it's extraordinarily impressive. Yeah. Like, and I, to do what they're doing. Yeah. And I agree. There are songs where you're like, oh, I, I don't really like how this starts or I don't really like this section that's sort of leading into the, oh, wow, there it is. And then you're right. like, yeah, you get this sort of satisfying or crushing or elating or something some sort of emotion kind of hits you when you're listening to them and you're like well, I, I forgot about that part that i didn't necessarily like as much that started the song yeah and now we're into this meat and potatoes of it and that doesn't mean heavy or you know something it could be anything with mm-hmm. radiohead which is kind of the fun of them york said in a 93 interview that it's difficult being a man in the 90s and he was referring to the, you know, over-masculine image portrayed by the bands from the 80s that we just did. And by the way, we, we are doing Radiohead as a palate cleanser to, <laughs> to renew some sense of self, uh, I don't know, respect after a hairband episode. Thank you, by the way. The hairband episode has gotten a lot of listens. It's a fucking banger, dude. <laughs> Everybody raise your Miller lights. That's right. But the uh, you know you, the, they're coming out of that hairband era and going into this grunge era where you you had a different kind of masculinity portrayed. It wasn't quite the misogynistic masculinity of the hairbands era, but it was also not sort of soft and flowery. It was heavy and edgy. Yeah. And York was like, in fact, he says. It comes back to the music we write, which is not effeminate, but it's not brutal in its arrogance. This guy's fucking bright. Yeah, no, he's he's a brilliant dude. Uh, they're all pretty bright. Yeah, they're all you know, they're all really on the game when it comes not just to music, but also to you know, a branding Radiohead as as they were. They were mm-hmm. an intelligent band. Yeah, and and maybe that's what kept me away. <laughs> uh, every time I intimidated, get, didn't get into a conversation with a Radiohead fan, and there was like, all right, you're just talking over my head now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
All right. Well, we can get things underway. Yeah, let's do this. this. I mean, there's a lot of music swirling through my head right now. So it's not like, you know, I, 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 I don't know this catalog as, as well as like probably most of our listeners do. I think I'll start this week. I actually have two honorable mentions. My first honorable mention, I'm going with a single that they released in 2011. And you may not know either of these songs, but this was a single they released in 2011, and it's called The Daily Mail. Yeah, that's my number two. Well, then we will yeah. table that yeah. for number two. Yeah, yeah, All right, sure. you got me on that one. Yeah. Okay, my other honorable mention then is off of King of Limbs, and the song is Give Up the Ghost. I This is a, a simple-sounding song, and the reason I give this an honorable mention is it's a looped song. So I, I've seen clips of York performing this live before they had released it on the album. And he did it like in a solo show where he had a couple artists behind him. And he starts by just giving out a layer of vocals, and he's got a series of pedals in front of him, yeah. and he loops it. And then he takes his guitar and he starts playing a line and then he loops it and he keeps building. And it's really a cool way to build a song up. I like artists that do that. Oh, it's really, I mean, it's really complex. I get a, I give a lot of credit to somebody that has the ability to coordinate all that. Yeah. And so he eventually builds up a song and then starts singing over it. Yeah. And then he starts to pull some of those loops off. So he builds it up and then he drops it back down again. Now, the album version of the song is not quite as clear in terms of those building of loops, but it's knowing how he's done it and how I saw him do it live in this in this recording, I just I really had a lot of appreciation for the song. And actually, in the clip that I saw him doing it, uh, he screwed it up and he had to restart. So he got his first <laughs> couple, three loops going, and then he was like, you know, uh, fuck. Sorry, <laughs> he just cut all the loops. He's like, let's try that again. And there was a really cool human moment yeah. in terms of seeing somebody of his... Stay. I mean, I think the, the clip was from like, I don't know, early 2000s or mid 2000s. Uh, and it was just cool to see. So. Yeah, that's, you know, at, at that point, I guess, like guys like Tom York can do no wrong, really. Right, <laughs> <You> right. <know>? The <laughs> people are there to see kind of stuff like that. That's cool. All right, what's your honorable mention? Uh, so my honorable mention is the opening track to Kid A. Just the whole idea of, you know, 
what it takes to get to convince a bunch of artists and musicians to say like yeah this is the concept of the album we're going to create an album for the first kid who's an android yeah what kind of music would they listen to and this is it it's really cool that album had a really chill groove to it chilling groove like it was almost like kind of creepy right and you can argue that for a lot of their music yeah it can be you know moody for sure Chuck Klosterman, who is a, an author that I really like, and I, I, I like all of his work. He's a, he's a cultural writer. He's about our age, and he writes about music and movies and pop and stuff like that. Um, he wrote a piece, I don't know, right after Kid A came out, maybe a couple years later. He kind of pieced this, like, did, did Radiohead predict 9-11 with Kid A? And then he walks through, like, each track, and I'm like, mm, okay, we're going to try it again, Chuck. We'll <laughs> try it again next month. <laughs> I kind of fell off of that one. I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing, but he was just explaining the album through like whatever experiences he had. Gotcha. All right. My number five is off of In Rainbows, and the song is House of Cards. There's a simplicity to this song that's kind of comforting. When asked about it being a warm song for Radiohead, York responded with, I guess one doesn't really need reminding of the ice outside. It's maybe a good thing to try to make music that feels reassuring in some way. Yeah, I noticed that a lot with their music. Like, I don't know, it was just like, I guess what he said, it's like more comforting. Wasn't, like he was talking, like his lyrics talk about dissonant things too. It's not not overly joyous in his what he's saying. But the music itself is kind of yeah, you know, a little really easy going at times. Yeah, I guess that's the music that their type of music that I gravitated to. It's those types of songs. Yeah, and the lyrics in this don't really reflect what he said. I mean, he says denial eight times <laughs> in the song, <laughs> but it's good. He says, "I don't want to be your friend. I just want to be your lover." It's, it's a cool tune, and, and it's the simplicity of this song that I that I do like. And as you said, that you gravitate towards that kind of sound when you listen to some of their other stuff that is more dystopian. It's good. Yeah. Do you, do you necessarily always seek it out? Depends on the song, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, well, I guess that's like well, my number five. Were you done with yours? Okay, yeah. So my number five is kind of like what you're talking about. Like, it comes off of Kid A again. It's the National Anthem. Right, and it just starts. It's just bass and drums. I love that too. It's such a cool ass groove, and I, I, I just I, I love it. I love it. And then it starts to crash down at the end of it, and it starts to almost come apart. Like the song almost comes apart before they put it back together again. I thought this is a really cool technique 
that they do a lot. They do a lot of that, like, you know, we build this song up and then we kind of dismantle it in the middle and then it kind of pulls itself together in its simplest forms at the end. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just a really neat technique that you don't see in pop music. Right. Pop music is very formulaic and, you know, it's, it, it hits the right part of my reptilian brain just fine. <laughs> sure. This is different. This is challenging music and this music challenges me as, you know, as a listener. And I was happy to, to do it because it didn't feel like a waste of my time. No, like I've I've heard experimental bands before. Yeah, like that's a waste. Of yeah, listen time. to Yoko Ono. Precisely. <laughs> okay, so we're <laughs> on the same wavelength. Yeah, like there's there's always something going on in the background. There's always kind of like the the way it's not just the lyrics. It's it's also the music that gets pieced together too. It's pretty cool. The, the that song builds to a climax and then drops back into the bass groove, yeah. which never really stopped or changed. I, I just thought yeah. it was uh, they got horns in there and they've got that almost like. It's a tuba, theremin sounding thing. Yeah, that, that high pitched thing that people play where they're not actually playing anything. Oh, and that's yeah, that's what, what's uh, I, I knew I was going to fuck it up. But it's a French. Um, it's one of the oldest electrical instruments there is. The theremin, but it's 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 in the theremin family. But this is like it's something different. It's the same instrument, gotcha. but he played it off of like one that's from like 1909. Okay, yeah, it's like an Olms Verdi. I don't know. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, when I heard that, I'm like, wow, that sounds like a theremin. That's pretty cool. (laughs) In fact, I had to look up, I had to Google instrument that looks like people are playing air because I couldn't remember what it was called. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, a theremin. That's, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it reminds you of, like, um, this song doesn't remind you of the Beach Boys, but, like, the Pet Sounds album is an experimental album. Right. And, you know, again, you listen to Pet Sounds and it's kind of like, okay, I don't really know where this is going. But you got to think, it's 1966. Sure. And people just were not doing this. And when you have the likes of Paul McCartney and John Lennon looking at you and like, fucking hell. Yeah. How are we going to top that? This is going to be tough to be. There's something there. And you listen to it more and more and there's a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Radiohead has the same vibe. I agree. I had, National Anthem was a finalist for for my list as well. I I think that's an incredible song. It's, you know, it's it's like this music, like if you're at like the, the most trendy bar in the city, and this is on, yeah. Like it fits perfectly. Yes. Like you just put on Kid A, and the whole thing, the right? Whole album just kind of fits. It just sets that. <laughs> I will have a Cosmo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just a Grand Monnier on the rocks. <laughs> All right, my number four is off of Amnesiac, and it's the song "Knives Out." This is a super clean start for them, especially on this album. It's almost more of a conventional song than the rest of that album. That album was was different, uh, and I like this song a lot. Yeah. Again, interesting lyrics. Not so. Knives out. Catch the mouse. Don't look down. Shove it in your mouth. <laughs> there are a lot of interpretations to the meanings on this song, and 
I as I read it, I thought oh, it could be this, and then I I read it again. I'm like, oh, it could be that, and then he I might looked be, up. You might be pulling a Michael Stipe on. Could too, be, you know, could be, or or a Billy Corgan, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's a, I think it's more of like you can sort of put whatever you want on yeah. there because a lot of a lot of input comes from the internet <laughs> on that meaning too, which is worth nothing. It's got a great instrumental break in there that's nothing fancy. It just it's a really cool tune. And his voice is clearer in this song than on others. It, there's little or no falsetto and it's in his natural range. And I don't mind his falsetto. I think his falsetto is a, I think it's fine. Yeah. Again like like Corgan, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. When you buy it. Right. Yeah. And when he settles into a range where he's where he's driving that his natural voice you're like oh yeah there it is yeah and i get why he does falsetto because i don't think he's got a ton of vocal range right so he just pops it up into the falsetto and and then he kicks your ass with it which is which is slick that uh, amnesiac i heard termed as a post-rock genre okay and dig a little deeper on that it's like post-rock as in like yeah drums and guitars are not really important Right. And we're going beyond, like, like as Tom York said, he's like, the music we were making wasn't good enough. And he wasn't talking about Radiohead. He was talking about, like, I guess, humans. <laughs> it's like, right. the music that we're making is just not good enough. I'm like, man, it's, imagine being in a room in a band with a guy that says that. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, let's go. Let's, let's, let's figure this out. And that's what, like, this career is about. Yeah. Normally when we will do a band, we'll just, like, you know, you'll go through the ca- catalog and everything and you'll just put it away for a while because you're just sick and tired of hearing, you know, um, you know Van Halen or whatever. Right. I'm not done with Radiohead because I, I, I just found them in 2020. I haven't sat with and like I imagine like the more and more I listen to like OK Computer and Kid A and now it's starting to get Amnesiac it's like you, you have to listen to them many many times mm-hmm. to get like you know to, to get the, the you know kind of the meaning out of it or you get anything you know positive around it's it. like eating it's, a pomegranate the fruit's not all <laughs> right there you've got to dig a little yeah and you got to smack it on the smack it on the, the spoon <laughs> yeah but that's okay. I, I, you know, to have something that you got to work for a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I'm all right with that. So, like where you were back in 2000, when your brothers-in-law uh, challenged you and and your sister-in-law challenged you with this music, you know, you were done with that shit, and yeah. you were done with all the stuff that I didn't really have to think about. You know, like Creed was a good band, and I, I listen, <laughs> I give them their all their credit, but you know, I'm done with listening to that. But I was in the same way, and I just I I went off into like I not Britpop, but I guess Britpop, like Richard Ashcroft solo career, you know other other solo artists that that's kind of where the, I w- went to. But you know you came across Radiohead a lot earlier, but yeah, they're they're really cool. I really like them. Did you just do your number four? No, the, my number four, my number four is Paranoid Android. So that is my number one. Oh shit! Okay, well let's move on to the number threes. All then. right, we will table that one. Yeah. All right, my number three is off of Hail to the Thief, and the song is There, There.
love the the way the toms start this song. He just builds on the on the toms, and the music is 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 starting to to build, and then it build. You know, the more instruments come in. It's just, uh, and he's done that in a number of songs. He's got a great. He's a great rhythm section. Great rhythm section. It's not your standard kick, snare, hi hat. You know, he's coming in with just toms, and it's this. It's this sort of rumble that that gets it going. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird how like he has the same drum kit everybody else does. Right. <laughs> He's making different rhythms out of it. Yeah. Uses it differently than yeah. your, than your average schmuck that's pounding away in his garage. Yeah. A lot of songs and they put him in the front because he's just it's a really cool groove that he sets down. Right. I love the bass line that runs after the verse vocals. And he's got some great vocals in this. There's always a siren singing you to shipwreck. And in the background, the vocals say, don't reach out, don't reach out. And the vocals end with, we are accidents waiting to happen. The lyrics lean towards a relationship that he fears. Yeah. But again, there's lots of interpretations out there on what the true meaning of the song is. There's a strong sounding guitar solo in this. And I say sounding because it's about as soloistic as things get for Radiohead. Yeah. And it's just front and center. It's nothing you know diabolical for sure like it, he pulls apart chords and plays them in different parts and different sections and those those notes come keep coming back you know he's a lot like Eastman in that way mm-hmm. he's a very classically trained yeah. guitarist you can tell he's not a shredder he's but he's very skilled with that instrument right all right what's your number three my number three is uh is karma police Great song. It's a classic. It's a classic song. Right? For Radiohead, it's like classic for me. It's, it's only two years old, but like it's a classic song. The lyrics are fantastic. He talks about, you know, this is you know, this is what you're gonna get if you fuck with the karma police. Like, you know, this yeah. is like it all it all is one big circle, folks. Like, you know, don't be a shit to people. What I wait for in the song is the breakdown at the end when when they when he's when he says you know for a minute there I lost myself and they just repeats that over yes. and over but it's like that like all it, like they just push all the instruments up front when he's like screeching that over that's, right I think that's such a cool way to kind of like end a song it's really awesome that's my favorite part of the song yeah. is when they go into that portion at the end and it's almost like the like I was talking about earlier how the the first part of a song either makes you feel uncomfortable or there's some aspect of it that just feels like it doesn't necessarily f- slip in and he goes into the I lost myself section you're yeah. like oh yeah alright so he's, he's kind of found this part that's able to reach out and touch me That's really cool. This is uh, my daughter's number one. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. All right, Ava. <laughs> <laughs> really, there was something special about you. 
All right, it's time for the fantasy concert lineup. Fuck yeah. Let's get to it. All right. This is my funnest part of the research that I did. Okay. I, I mean, I fucking researched these guys. Like, I did my due diligence. I hope that comes through because I'm not, I'm not really sure of myself when it, when it comes to talking to Radiohead because, like, I know there are big fans out there. And I'm just like, I, I listened and listened. I, I did, you know, my interviews and stuff like that. And I just, but I, I came through. This was my favorite part. Okay. Putting, putting together this show. Well, I guess I'll go first. I think you went first last time. Mm-hmm. So... I'm looking in the direction of bands that do their own thing. Right. Like Radiohead does. And I have to start with the Talking Heads. Oh, no shit. Okay. So Radiohead took their name from the rather obscure song Radiohead. By the Talking Heads. It was off of, uh, oh, I forget the name of the album. It not, never really got any radio play. It was one of those, if you were a big Talking Heads fan, you had the album, and I had this album. I don't. I, I heard the song, and I was like, yeah, it sounds kind of familiar. Like, it really was sort of an obscure song yeah. from, from them. Radiohead said, we're, we're going to do us. And that's exactly what the Talking Heads did. Yeah. They said, we don't give a good goddamn... What happened with the Stoner Seventies and the punk. the the punk and the you know the disco? It's, a, it's disco, all swimming it's, around them. We're, and they we're, were we're doing our own thing. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And David Byrne inducted Radiohead into the Hall of Fame. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Talking Heads song? You know, we're not doing a list, but no. Like, and, what, what pops out? I mean, obviously, Burning Down the House was one that everybody knew. I love that video. It's a great video. It's a great song. <laughs> it is. Right? It's a great song. Slippery People. So many different songs of theirs. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and look at their catalog to figure out which one I want to drop in here. I don't think I'm gonna use Burn It Out of the House. It's yeah. a little too trite for talking heads. You know, they were one-offs. I'm not gonna use their what has to be probably their most Fair played enough. song on, you know, Spotify. Okay. I like Once in a Lifetime. Once in a lifetime's good. Absolutely. Those videos, when I saw them, I'm like, yeah, that that dude's the strangest motherfucker I see on an MTV right now. Sure. The oversized suit and mm-hmm. you know, his, his dance moves. His dance moves, there. yeah. And that's like his performative aspect of his rock. It's like, I'm here and this is what I want to do. Yeah. And, he, and I'm fucking super popular now. I'm super right? popular. Right? And I'm also, well not, I'm also not taking the standard approach on who I have in my band. His bass player was Tina Weymouth, who yeah. was a woman. And you didn't really see female bass players with male bands. Yeah. He said, I don't care. 
I like the way she plays the, the instrument. I want her on stage. She's coming with me. And I, I give them a lot of respect for that. So off that same sort of vibe of we're doing our own thing, a little more modern version of that from Oklahoma City, which this surprised me. I didn't realize they were from there. But I'm going to bring on the Flaming Lips. Coin is a fucking character. Oklahoma City is a shocker that he's from there. Right. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, wait a minute, this has to be a typo. But it almost kind of fits, though, doesn't it? Like, a little bit. You grew yeah. up in Oklahoma City and you're him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing because I don't have any other choice. This guy is I love his persona. I love the I, I don't know if you've seen him, he sometimes comes out and he plays in a giant bubble. Yeah. So he'll be in the giant bubble and, and then he'll like roll out into the audience and they'll roll him around. This bubble's like, you know, I don't know, six or seven feet in diameter. It's not quite the Motley Crue cam. No, 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 no. He's actually in it, not just a camera. That's awesome. So he's they'll roll him around in the audience. Well, when COVID hit and the lockdown happened, he was like, Fuck this. I wanna play live. People wanna see live music. Right. We're gonna do this. So what he did was he gave every member in the audience the their bubble. own bubble. That's fucking awesome. And he was in his. And I think the only guy that wasn't in a bubble was the drummer because they couldn't fit the drums in the bubble. <laughs> It'd be a big bubble. Yeah. So if the video is kind of cool, it's, you know, I don't know how many bubbles are out there. I mean, obviously, you couldn't do that big of a show. But his whole audience was in their own bubble. And they're all rolling around and bopping into each other. They're like having a great time. That's what you would expect to see at a Flaming Lips concert. Yeah. You know, on any given Flaming Lips concert. Right. Just a thing. Right, right. All right, so something occurred to me while I was doing this this research here. It stems from Radiohead's, you know, vision of music going forward past, like, traditional instruments. And, of course, they land on synth- synthesizers and computers and mm-hmm. to create music. And synth pop has been with us for a very, very long time. Ever since there was computers, some guy figured out how to plan a, you know, you know, uh, program a beep and a bop and a holy sure. shit, here we go. We got a new new instrument. And like as I kept on like going down the rabbit hole of synth pop, like where did it all come from? Where it all starts? Like I, I like I love synth pop. <laughs> like I love it. Listen to our cars episode. Like it's you know from everything from. OMD to Prince to When in Rome, the Psychedelic Furs, Roxy Music, everybody. Sure. So I'm like, I want my own synth pop. You know, we're going to start. Cool. First of all, we have to play homage to who I believe is like, everybody turns to them and looks like that's the band that started it all, making songs with computers. It is the, it's not my term, kraut rock yeah. band, craft <laughs> Craftwork. Yeah. Yeah, 
Have you listened to any craft work? A little bit. It's not bad. Like you put it on, and you're like, holy shit! Like I'm in the middle of like the War Game soundtrack of 1983. <laughs> you know, it's like any 80s uh, any 80s uh, movie has like those types of like beeps and bops in their music and stuff like that. So we're just gonna you know we're gonna pay homage to them. I don't want to really hear anything from them. It's just like, <laughs> just a sampling. But it was interesting that um, in this last interview that I read or heard from with Tom York and John Greenwood, they said that they toured with Kraftwerk. And the album Computers that Kraftwerk did in like 1981 was so influential to the Radiohead guys that they, when they toured with them, they're like, they fanboyed out with them for like two weeks and like, we're going to name every single computer like sound there is and you're going to tell us which instrument it is or like, how did you get that sound? And we're going to see if we're right because they pieced it, they pulled it apart and they're like, how the fuck did they do this? Now we got these guys in front of us. So like they're big fans, right? So they're super fans of Kraftwerk. So I'm like, okay, so synth pop is like definitely in their like DNA. But I want like also like you, I like people that like try to make their own music and go their own way. So I want to hear uh, just a touch of Herbie Hancock. Rocket. Watermelon Man. <laughs> Fuck it. I heard that the first time it's on the soundtrack for mid-90s. Unreal. Unreal. Just layers and layers and layers. It's just great stuff. He's a talented guy. Oh, my God. So good. But then we're going to have a set with Gary Newman. (laughs) Gary Newman's my fucking guy, man. Like, when I first saw that Cars video... And that dude looking like a vampire watching a weird looking guy. And he still he still goes with it, man. <laughs> like bad. He's got that look. He's still like cutting albums. His last album he comes like pre COVID. Here in my car. Oh, dude. <laughs> so great. But again, people look at Kraftwerk and they're like, well, if it's not Kraftwerk, then it's this guy Newman. Sure. Like because he's the guy that, that basically did a whole album with a synthesizer. I'm down with that. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see I want to see him do down in the park. And then we're going to fast forward a little bit for, for the kids, for the modern age of uh, synth pop. And I, I love this band, MGMT. Great fucking sounds. Like I agree. They, they pulled some sounds from like almost the seventies, and they pulled them into like the twenty first. Oh, they modernized so it in such a great way. Yeah. Their rhythms are great. Yeah. Their the the overall sonic value of the music is great. Yeah. It's a fantastic. I, I'm a big fan of that band. Yeah, it would be cool to see them. 
So there you go. There's my. That, that we're going to do a synth pop uh, kind of retrospect. I like it. Does that oh. come with LSD? Because it feels like that might not be I a mean, bad little something. I don't know. I think that it might be a might be a waste. LSD is more like kind of like a Grateful Dead show, right? Yeah. And kind of like what we're the vibe is. I'm sure, acid heads would tell you LSD goes with just about everything. Yeah. So with cocaine, guys. <laughs> All right, for my number two, we are going to OK Computer, and I'm going to hear Let Down. On an album with a fair amount of weirdness, let's say, this song cuts through with some stability. Uh, The vocals are clear, the rhythms are straightforward, the drums add this great layer of texture throughout the song. Layered vocals at the end are just, they add this smoothness. Yeah, it's really cool. I just just listened, that was the last song I was listening to on on the ride over here. I love that tune. It's a cool song. Johnny Greenwood's take on the song is Andy Warhol once said that he could enjoy his own boredom. Letdown is about that. And there's a dreamy shoegaze feel here that jives well with that statement. Yeah, I guess that's it. It is, right? You know? It kind of falls into that genre, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. It, it, you sort of like, okay, I'm okay being bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that aspect of, of vulnerability to a song and being like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Love that too. Cool song. All right. What is your number two? So my number two is is the Daily Mail. I heard it was uh, it was on an episode of Ozark. Oh, was it? Yeah, Jason Bateman is a huge Radiohead guy, and uh, he popped it in there. And I'm, I was listening to it. And I'm like, that's a fucking great song. I have no idea who it is, so I kind of uh, what you, shazammed it. it. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess here we're going. We're going. We're, we're gonna going s- to Radiohead. Yeah. I've never heard a fucking chord progression, like chord change, like that before in a song. I haven't. It's if you play play it for them. It's it's like a. I've never heard it. Oh, the, the building of the keys. You know, it's all piano the, the, to start. Yeah, the the technique of using that type of chord progression and, and, and change. It's just not heard in bands. No, it almost creates some anxiety. Yes. Well, that's that was the scene that was being played in. I, like, I could imagine, and I've seen that series, but I, I can't think of which one it it's was. It's on YouTube. I'm but, sure I'll but find anyhow, it. But anyhow, yeah, it's and then then again, with this is what you get with what I get in a lot of Radiohead songs is that they build up with this kind of like anxious kind of momentum to the song, and then it just boom, it crashes out, and he just he belts it out. Yeah, it's so cool. It's, it's so such cool. a cool. Again, like the bands that I usually listen to. They don't do things like that. No. It's verse, chorus, verse, right. uh, cool bridge, and I'm out. Right. I'm happy. This is a different type of, like, I guess, experience. Yeah. It's, it's really neat. It's, well, and they bring, like, 
baritone saxophones yeah. into that song, yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. they're not front and center. There's just sort of this low rumble of a reedy instrument. It yeah. almost sounds like a vuvuzela, <laughs> like <laughs> like a big one, sort of floating underneath the song. The Daily Mail is a conservative paper in Britain. Yeah. That apparently likes to instill panic over people, like uh, you know, moral issues. The sky is falling. Liberals are giving it all away. Yes. you know, the mountains will burn shortly. And at a live show, York introduced the song, saying that the Daily Mail was a quality newspaper. That's right. And they eventually had to restart the song because he couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's high quality snark. <laughs> I, I like that. That's good. When I heard that song. Like even uh, even in Ozark, when I heard it, I'm like, this is a different band, right? This is a different type of collection of of artists that like, this is reaching like Beatles, Beach Boys kind of level stuff. Like most bands couldn't pull that off, right? Not, not that song. Like it's just it's it's really awesome, right? <laughs> it's really right. awesome. Made quite an impression on me. Yeah, like, you know, and then to seek it out, and I'm like, oh shit. Like, and I think actually, to be honest with you, I think that's the 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 song that was like, you know what? I've really never gave Radiohead a shot, and uh, so that's when I decided kind of brought like, you COVID, in. like, okay, let's 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 take a look. Let's sure. start with, with you know this, the first album. Um, so yeah, that that song brought me into the whole uh, whole shit and shebang. Well, and that brings me to my number one, which is Paranoid Android. That's exactly what it did for me. So when I heard Paranoid Android for the first time in, I don't know, this was like 2005 or somewhere in that neighborhood, I went, wow, what is this? What is this? Yeah. Like, this is just so different. Super cool percussions to start. Super cool. And it's, it's, you talk about a song that's not A, B, A, B, C. It is, you know, every, you know, 10 different letters of the alphabet. None of them are in order. His vocals are ethereal and creepy. He's got a, like a wispy falsetto to start and eventually kind of drops it into a stronger vocal part. And it makes it a really dystopian sounding song. And yeah. that's one of the things that I really like about this. It's got strange lyrics. When I am king, you will be first against the wall. It's just a, it's just a right. strange thing and it's strangely animated. It seems like video. one of those fragments he's been holding on to yeah. for a while. And he's just like, ah, there we go. Put it in there. So it actually, it was. Uh, they had been working on this song. They had written the, the music, but they never really found the lyrics to it. Apparently, he was in L.A., and he decided to go out bar hopping one night with the intention of what anyone else would do, bar hopping, going out and having some fun. Right. And apparently, he got, like, repeatedly badgered by people wanting shit from him. Yeah. Whatever it was. You can't just leave me to fuck alone. Right. You can't just let him have fun, go to the bar, etc., and they were, I don't know if it was just autographs or, hey, let's do a project or will you listen to my song yeah. or whatever. You know, they just wouldn't leave him alone. And he eventually made the statement because someone had interviewed him about this song. And he told that story about people you know, going after him. And he said, everyone was trying to get something out of me. 
I felt like my own self was collapsing in the presence of it. It's about chaos, utter fucking chaos. I like that. Right? And as I was listening to the song again, and I kind of knew this was going to be my number one before we even started here. I was listening to it going, how the fuck am I going to cut this song into our podcast? (laughs) Because there's no really good, clean break. Tom Petty, I had edited in like 15 (laughs) minutes because he had these perfectly (laughs) linear breaks. This one's if it sounds a little weird when this song starts, I tried my best. Yeah, it's like it's like a minestrone soup. Like there's something for everybody <laughs> yeah. in there. There's acoustics, there's this crazy ass uh, guitar solo with this really heavy guitar, yeah. which I fucking love. And then it goes into this this uh, coda at the near end of it, and then it comes back with the acoustics, and it's like uh, man, right? Lots of shit going on in that song, but it's like it just continues to build. And then it kind of blows up, and then they put it back together. It's like, it's really cool. Right, right. All right, what's your number I one? I guess uh, it could be a chowda for our East Coast people. <laughs> Mikey Nas, chowda. <laughs> we don't do that Manhattan chowda. That was, that was, that was <laughs> close enough. Go back to accent school. <laughs> All right, what's your number one? All right, so my number one is staying on OK Computer. It is the opening track. It's Airbag. Love this song. Opening up your piece de resistance with cellos. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And then the, the whole sound of the song is, you know, he, the, the lyrics are like, you know, he's, it's all very tongue in cheek. It's like, we're back to save the universe. Like, you know, we're such a big band now. We're now we're on the ascension. It's like, you know, you, you miss this for a couple of years, but we're back to save the, the, the universe. And then I love the line where the, the you know, the, he was in a car crash. Mm-hmm. Mercedes Benz and airbag saved my life. Like technology saving somebody's life. Really. Yeah. Nice, 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 nice work there. The way the drums and the bass play off each other in that song, I, I find very, I don't know, appealing. Yeah. I don't know if satisfying is the right word, but. And then you've got this recurring theme of the guitar sort of running repeated notes under the vocals. Yeah. And they do that in more than one song. A lot. I really like that aspect of it. They do it in some of their biggest songs where you've got the car guitar just doing a repeated note or at least a repeated sort of pluck yeah. and he's sliding up the up the neck or whatever he's doing. It's a it's cool. And there's a real trippy breakdown in the middle of airbag yeah. that's good too. Yeah, they use the the scratching record and mm-hmm. all stuff like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a cool announcement to like this is not going to be the Ben second part two. Right. You know, we're not gonna do that. We're we're moving on. And we're we're evolving. Like this is an evolutionary album, okay computer is because the next one is Kid A. Right. Which they've completely abandoned, mm-hmm. you know, everything from their past. But this is kind of the evolution. You can start to see like how those, you know, songs like Karma Police are very, you know, kind of structured songs that are kind of traditional. But then you'll you'll have, you know, like an airbag or you'll have uh, Paranoid Android. And it's just like, sure. Oh, okay, we're, we're on to something different. Here. Interesting note on OK Computer, the name K 
came from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I saw that. <laughs> Doug Adams, right? Yeah, they were they were listening to like the audio book on their tour bus. Yeah. And apparently there's a portion of the book where there's a battle going on that's being managed by a computer. And the computer becomes overwhelmed and tells the primary character that it can't keep up. And the character says, okay, computer, I want full manual control. Tom York heard that, and he liked that analogy as a means of expressing his desire for people to like re-engage with each other after getting trapped in the daily routine of life. Right. Okay, computer, fuck off. Right. We're, we're getting back to being human beings again. Yeah. I thought that was but kind then, of... Then making the turn to like we're using computers now to make all the music, <laughs> right? You know? There is some irony. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's planned or whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't, no, I don't question it. I just like it's. There's, there's many layers to that. Like you couldn't pull this apart with like poison. <laughs> you no, no, you couldn't. So that's kind of like the other fun part, I guess, of being you know a fan. I guess I would say I'm a fan of Radiohead. Is like trying to figure out like the, these guys are still alive. They still give you know pretty good interviews. You know, like kind of Michael Stipe. It's like, well, listen, I, I was, we were just kind of playing around, joking around. Those are what the lyrics mean. You, but I don't really want to put that on the audience. So I don't know. It's just, uh, it's an interesting band to like even continue to to follow and, and turn over in your, you know, in conversations like this. It's just, sure. There's, there's a lot there. Right, right. There. And, and, and also, it's really fucking cool music. Yes. It is. Yeah. All right. Before we move on, I thought I would name my wife's favorite. And that is fake plastic trees. movie Clueless, uh, Alicia Silverstone criticizes another character for listening to fake plastic trees and says it's crybaby music. <laughs> and Tom York was asked in an interview if he was insulted by this, and he said, those aren't the kind of people I'd want to like Radiohead. They're two-dimensional. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom throwing a little shade on that, like on that character. Yeah. He recorded the vocals to that while playing the acoustic guitar in one take. One take, and he was pissed drunk. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't see Came that. Came in and laid down the whole thing, like, after a night out. Like, that's that's the story that I read. That's, that's yeah. great. So that jumps off into this Pantheon uh, discussion. And I was surprised that, that no songs from, from the Benz major, major list there. But uh, in my mind, the Benz, to me, is a Pantheon album. It's just fucking awesome, just from the very start to the very end. It's just I love it. I like I that. Everything about it. I like that, and I'm going to counter it with OK Computer. Yeah, I have OK sure. Computer as a Pantheon submission. And not counter it, but add to it. Yeah. That OK Computer is... I, I listen to that, and there was one or two songs that, that I didn't like as much as the others, but right. none of them were, were I got to skip this. I just, I really... That album, to me, was the, the thing that drew me into this band, the way that the Benz drew you into yeah. the band. And I think that, that you have to give the band credit for that kind of production that brings you into it the way it does. That's how you know they're real deal. Right. You can pull off an, an album, a whole album like The Benz. And that's very traditional rock and roll. There's nothing really to kind of tell you that, like, OK Computer is in their future. 
definitely nothing like Kid A. And, and none could, of it was like Pablo Honey. Right. And none of it really was like anything that was going on at the time. It did not right. sound like Oasis. No. They were not. No, no, that. no. And you can pull off an album like that with eight, I mean, eight rock solid singles. They're just fucking awesome. I love that. And, and it's not like, like it's new to me, so that's why you like it so much. I, I'll tell you a little bit. During the pandemic, the only thing that we could do here in Illinois was go golfing. That was it. Remember and that make, first summer? And make podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and make podcasts. <laughs> but that's the only kind of like like activity they would allow us to do. I don't sure. know, I'm being a little over Orwellian, but I mean, that was it. Like you yep. can go to the, but there was pools was, weren't open. Luckily enough, I'm a golfer and uh, we have a common friend that had the deal of a lifetime. He worked at a hotel that had a golf course attached to it. And a nice he, golf course. A really nice golf course. And we, we got play for $20 a round and we played every fucking day. The reason why I say that is so, that some of us did have to work. No, I'm, no. I don't, I don't hear of work in the summertime. Um, and, and when I, when I start my round, I press play on the bends and I play the, the album the whole way through. And so I listened to it almost every day for probably three or four months in a row. Yeah. And I never got sick of it. Mm-hmm. I never got, it's just, it's, so that's why it's going in the Pantheon. And I'm perfectly fine with OK Computer making the Pantheon too. And that's the first time we've had an, uh, an artist have two albums in the Pantheon. And I agree. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that because, you know, again, it's it's uh, it's a totally made up thing that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> what the fuck do I care? <laughs> I will give one more shout out to my daughter. She gave me a list of four. I said she's if we name fan. them, she's right? a big fan. Uh, I in fact just bought her, and thankfully she won't hear unless she hears us through the basement floor. Uh, I just bought her for Christmas the okay the vinyl for OK Computer because she just got into vinyl. So mm. she is a collection brewing. It's weird how it all comes back around. Right? What's old is new again. And uh, I, she had said that uh, Karma Police was her number one. And she listed three or four more here. I'm going to throw one of one others of hers on there. And it's off of OK Computer. And it is exit music for a film. And I, I would say, like after Kid A, a lot of their albums start to sound like like musicians that are tilting towards scoring music for films, and that's a lot of what John Greenwood does. Uh-huh. Now. Yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson has his muse. Yep. It is John Greenwood. It's John Greenwood. He's yeah. Scored his last five or six album, or his five or six movies, Phantom Thread. I think he is the resident composer for like BBC's. Uh, you know, the BBC has yeah. some sort of music department or division, and and they have him as as like one of their primary yeah. composers. And then like those, the the last couple of albums, like I noticed a lot of that, it's like very orchestral, very you know you know that that type of music. Right. Okay. So, what's your most hated? I I I couldn't tell you, honestly, God. I, I had a hard time with this too, and what I did. was- I mean, I guess I, I put down Creep. 
Because okay. I, I really didn't like that song, even when it was popular. So there you well, go. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second because I think it does. I think it does deserve some conversation. But as I listened to their catalog, the one that kind of hit me more than the others was Kid A from Kid A. There was something sort of grindy about it. Uh, it was almost an interlude. Uh, yeah, it was super disjunct. It sounded like a kid's nightmare. Yeah. His voice is run through an effect that makes him even harder to understand, yeah. which, you know, they were shooting for something here. Whatever it was, it just happened to miss me. Yeah. And I think that's to be able to, to call out, a, a, you know, that as a, more of an annoyance than a, oh, my God, I can't fucking stand this song. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right. To me, that's a pretty good, a pretty good, you know, rating for a band. Yeah. So let's talk just a little bit about Creep. We've referenced Creep on a number of occasions because Radiohead doesn't like to play it. Now, this is their most played song by far on Spotify. It's got over a billion listens. Karma Police is number two at 373 million. Now, that's a big gap between number one and number two. Especially for a band that hasn't played the song regularly since, like, the late 2000s. They did it I think once or twice in the 2010s, and it sounds like they may start bringing it back in a little bit more. The song is about loving someone and yet feeling like you weren't good enough for them. And York said, there's the beautiful people and there's the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the song, when it was released, got big, big airtime. They started to feel the pressure to produce more of these super popular hits that would drive into the stratosphere the way Creep did. Because Creep really took off in terms of a radio song for them. You didn't really hear a lot of Radiohead on the radio. At all. Right? Besides Creep? At all. That's the only one. And and they wanted, I think it was Paranoid Android, the record companies and the radio station said, we want you to produce something that's shorter than five or six minutes because right. it's a long yeah. song. And they said, pound sand. This is our song and we're not going to we're not gonna mess with right. it. So you can either play all six minutes of it or don't play it. Again, I tip my cap to these guys for that kind of, you know, stand. Under, under that type of pressure. Yeah. And to tell the A&R guys, like... Fuck you. you we're the artists. Yeah, we're gonna. This is this is the song. This is the music. And you know, could you throw, have thrown it all the way? I guess. But I mean, you, you know what? The best bet you can make is to bet on yourself. Yeah, and that's what they did. And that's what that the Benz is. That a reference to that. That their major rise in stardom really quick. Like that's the sickness that you get when you right you scuba diving. Quick, when you come up too quick, and that's kind of like we were at that stage where it makes mm-hmm. you fucking crazy. Well, and they said that that. You know, they were in this sort of 
Groundhog Day moment yeah. where they felt like all they were doing was playing live for the purpose of playing that song. And what they would see after they played it was that people would leave after they heard it right. because they were only there to hear that song. Yeah. And so those people that were only there to hear that song weren't really their fans. They were just fans of that song. Right. And so they said, why are we playing to a group of people that don't really understand the other things that we've done or appreciate it? And that's why they really disliked this song. That makes sense. It wasn't so much that this was like something from the past and we've evolved into this or that. And I think there's something to that as well. And York has made comments along those lines that that song represented them from before. Uh, I did see a note that said, take a look at Albert Hammond's The Air That I Breathe which is a song that was made famous by the Hollies in 1974. So the song is not a copy, but the chord sequences are similar and the bass bass rhythms are are pretty close. Right. There's a cover of this song that was done by a singer named Carrie Monolakos. My wife found this and she absolutely drills the the song. She's doing it with a, a singer who's backing her up in a harmony. It's really cool. I'll throw it in here there's, just there's because thousands it's cool. of creep renditions oh, thousands. On, the, on YouTube. Yeah. Thousands. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I actually like this song is we used to cover this in one of my bands. Right. And the guy that was singing for us had a hell of a voice. Now, when you're playing a three hour set in a bar, people aren't listening to every song because they don't want to hear every song that you have to play, especially if some of those are original. And so we would be playing. You'd watch people. They're doing their thing. They're talking. They're playing pool, whatever. And we'd get to this song, and we'd get to the part where where York really lets go, and our guy could cover that. And the bar would stop, and they would turn, and they would listen. So that's a a warm spot in my heart for this song. (laughs) Okay. Now we are to your coolest four seconds. I talk about airbag and the coolest, like, when the bass line comes in for the first time, mid-measure. Because 
because it just kind of catches you off guard. It's like the bass was missing. I, I, you didn't realize it. And then all of a sudden the bass comes in and like, and it's got a really cool bass line to it. It's like, it just makes the whole song. He's good. It's really cool. He's good. He's a great bass player. Yeah. I like what he does. That's a really cool four seconds and it yeah. happens right away. It's like, it's, it's cool. It just kind of like pops out at you. It's cool. Yeah. In Anyone Can Play Guitar off of Pablo Honey, York sings, Grow My Hair, I Want to Be Jim Morrison. I just like the reference. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I just like That's the reference. That's our guy. Another great song. That that song's cool. Yeah. Of the the bones, or of the bends, uh, the song Bones, the bridge, I guess you would call it, when he, he uh, sings about, like, I used to fly like Peter Pan. That's another one of those breakdowns when he like like just goes for it and the guitars behind it just kind of like push him forward. Such a cool sounding thing. I yeah. really liked it. It's cool. Yeah. The song I Might Be Wrong off of Amnesiac. to it is cool it's got like groovy guitar and drums kick it off that's a super cool tune too you know a song that that i've seen written that they don't like to play at all is high and dry they think that it's one of their worst songs i just happen to love it I think the, the, the acoustic guitar, in, like as it starts, it's like really cool sounding. It's very clean, and it's just a really cool like. It's only like two chords. The whole song is like two chords, but man, you get a lot out of it. It's really awesome. I love that song. That was one of the first songs that I knew was was Radiohead, and I I listened to a lot. Yeah, I know you don't like the song, but I got to throw in the vocals in Creep towards the end with the guitar running up behind him. Yeah.
is that guitar run up they do in so many other songs and it just I think it adds so much to what he's singing at that moment yeah, yeah that's they, they're they're good for that mm-hmm. they're good for that and like I, I have a list here it's like you can take any one of the songs off the bends and the, the bridge into the chorus every single time they do it it's just like it's totally different for every song right and it's such a huge payoff for every song it's right just that's why it's a pantheon and it's great so Sisters of Mercy I do want more. I mean, I'm going in that direction because I'm kind of like run out of shit to listen to. You know, that, 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 <laughs> ch- that, that challenges You're not going to dip deep into Tom Petty? No, I mean, like, you know, I, this this is tried and true now. Like I know, there's things here. It's proven. Like, yeah, there's 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 uh, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of meat on the bone, as we say. Sure. Yeah, I will. I'll give them, you know, for sure, a lot more of my attention. This is one of the few bands we've done that I had active songs on my playlist. Smashing Pumpkins was one. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sure I had a couple others that we've done where I had active songs on my playlist. This is the probably the first band that I've had this many songs on my playlist. And I had more than what this list encompassed that I gave. Car's question, did they move music forward? Your initial response would be, of course they did. I don't know who they moved it forward for. So my answer is yes. And here's where I'm going to point you towards. I referenced this very early in the episode saying that there are bands that I've seen some influence on. And, and you may agree, you may not. Look at Muse. Well, so it's interesting that you say that because I did think of that. But Muse and them, they ran parallel to one another. They were walking the earth at the same time. Muse formed in 1996. I can hardly say that Muse looked specifically at Radiohead and said, we have to do that. Now, I, I will say, like, they're, they're kind of in the same, mm-hmm. kind of like, you find them in the same section of the library. They're a little proggy. Oh, sure. It's the same as Talking Heads yeah. and Radiohead. Those yeah. are two really different sounding bands. Yeah. But I think that you can make, you can draw some dotted lines and possibly some solid lines yeah. between Muse and Radiohead. And maybe Radiohead allowed Muse to do, because Radiohead was sort of already in the mainstream or at least a known entity before Muse was in my memory. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't on the cutting edge of Muse, so... I think that, um, well, I, your point is taken. I think that Radiohead boxed out a lot of room for bands like Muse to not have to deal with the asshole R&R guys. Right. Like, you know... The, um, you got to do a ballad. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and allowed them to be the, the more proggy. I, I see Radiohead as more experimental, where I don't see that experimentation from Muse as much more as, like, it's just more of a progressive kind of... Like, sure. You know, we're doing this. I, I take your point point though they're and they're both really again that's a three piece actually it's a right. four piece it's a four piece but they're the fourth they guy is the, like they only pay the so it's, a, it's like the hunchback at notre dame they yeah. keep them locked away i think they pay the fourth guy scale <laughs> yeah, I, right because you know. they can swap them out at will yeah right just plays keyboard in the second guitar <laughs> but yeah your point is taken they, yeah they they did but but again i don't know if they pushed it it's not like the beach boys and beatles pushed each other to the limits i don't i don't see those guys pushing each other no i agree so like did uh, Radiohead advance music? Yeah, they advance music for themselves. I think they're the only ones that can do what they do. No, I agree with that too. Absolutely. I mean, who else is yeah. doing this? We said the same thing about Fleetwood Mac, right? Fleetwood Mac yeah. advanced music, but it was hard to find exactly if there was somebody that took that and ran with it. Yeah. And maybe that's the the 
point that we're debating here is did somebody take Radiohead sound and run with it? I don't know how the fuck you would. Yeah, because it's it's, it's very specific to them. Yeah. We're creating new music. Right. <laughs> I don't know where you go with that. Right, right. right. It's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And they're pulling it off. Yeah. You know, and, and, and not in not in just drips and drabs. Like they're pulling it off albums after albums after right, albums. Right. And like again, like I don't know if there's like a new, you know, band out there that's doing that shit. This right. Does not seem to be. Who's your MVP here? I think it's the seemingly total lack of egos. I don't get ego from these this band. I get collaborative, you do this and okay, well let's try that. I don't hear someone saying no. I, I couldn't find a lot of instances where one guy was, you know, shout, shooting other people down. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of petri dish for allowing talent to prosper and flourish within a, within a, a five piece band because you got a lot of people in a band. Five pieces, not a small band, right? That's a lot of people that can pull things in different directions. And, and did you hear how like they recorded today? I don't know that I did. <laughs> Five guys. You guys just take a take an armful of instruments. Go out to that corner of the house. You go to that corner of the house. Here's a computer. Here's a computer guy to learn how to to make these sounds and just record something. And they put all the tape together and they're like, okay, let's look at this. What do we got? We got a, we got a song here. I like it. That's fucking crazy. I like it. That's 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 not normal. No, right? it's not normal. It's crazy. And, right. And uh, you know that's yeah. So yeah, it takes a lack of ego to pull that off. Yes. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I'm just going to give the MVP to our corporate overlords, IBM. <laughs> Without the convention of the computer, sure. the modernized computer, like Radiohead does not exist. No. They're musicians. They can play traditional uh, music, but they can't do what they're doing here on, on OK Computer and, and, and afterwards. So I, That's a that's a good point. So bravo, AB, IBM. <laughs> Finally made you it own stock? the stock? <laughs> you trying to boost the stock uh, price? Is IBM even a business? Anymore? I don't know. <laughs> All right, rankings. Ability. I give these guys a 4.1. For their talents, yeah. I give them a 4.75. Okay. Yeah, they're up there. Yeah, I, there's no shredders here, but they are solid. Yeah. They are solid. Catalog, I give them a 4.8. I'm uh, So I ding them a little bit. I shouldn't say ding them. I mean, I the only catalog, I, I listen to a lot of their catalog, probably about 90% of it. And I, I connected with about, you know, a little less than half. Sure. I would say three. You got to digest them over yes. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that, that ranking might change, <laughs> but right now it's a dead of three. Yeah, there's it's diverse. There's you know the occasional clunker, but there's not really a clunker album. Yeah, their, their last album you you had to kind of you had to kind of invest a little time in, and I pulled some out some songs out of there that I liked. Image, they're almost like gothy, nerdy, cool. I had them down as uh, like uh, microbrew cool. <laughs> okay. You know, like, I you know we don't care what you think. We're gonna do our thing. Cool. I put them down as a four. That's exactly I, what I yeah, had them at too. I, a four zero. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know, I, and I it's not their fault that the you know the hipster doofuses you know put on their beret extra tight and want to tell you about how great Radiohead is. That's not their problem. No. It's not their fault. Right, right. It's, you know, so you just got to suffer through all that. Like the guys <laughs> themselves, I like these guys. I think they get it. When they created a sound or a song that resonated with me, I could really tell and appreciate their depth a little bit more. So, you know, that's there's there's a lot of depth to them. Yep. And you just like you said, you had to digest these guys. And that's fine. You know, there's that's good. That's good for music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if every band should be that way. And thank God there's not 10 dozen fucking radio heads out there. I'd never get through them. 
Well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, We are recording this episode on December 21st, so we aren't quite through the holidays, but by the time you get this, you will be. So we wish you a very happy new year. Thanks for sticking with us. Yes, safe and happy holidays for everybody. The beginning of our third year. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Time just passes. Thanks again, folks. 